This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode number 41, Rainbow Troughton. Mm-hmm. Welcome to No, not the mind probe. Guessing, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> we were we're 41 episodes in, and I'm still coming up with Ooh, new line readings. So yeah. wait to get to the actual line reading of this uh, <laughs> in an episode. Uh, it's a podcast uh, where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. Full stop. There you go. Um, my name is uh, is John Grant. There, that's also out there. No, that's out there now. So just putting that out there and just consume that zeitgeist. Deal with it. Um, I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching for 36 amazing years. Uh, well, actually, 35 amazing years, one okay well, like, year. Yeah. And I, so, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Porter Mason. John has been asking me, his purported friend. Yeah. To watch Doctor Who for 24 of those years, mm-hmm. uh, including that one, so, so one. Yeah. And uh, I finally said, yes. Yeah. So that's why we're, that's really why we're doing this. Right. I am really the linchpin for all of this. <laughs> um, each episode of the podcast, we look at two stories. We go through the new Doctor Who series that began in 2005. Yep. Do that. Yeah. great. Because uh, every time I say the new Doctor Who, I'm like, well, it's actually 15 yeah, years it's, old. It's but quite old now, but yeah. You know, not the really old. It's like the old Doctor Who and the really old Doctor I mean, Who. Assuming someday there'll be a break in this new series right for, you know, for yeah. five years or something and then they'll be like okay now it's the new new that here the like, new, which new. is the classic who and like, no no new 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 who and like oh okay <laughs> history so we watch we watch that we yeah, watch we whatever that. that is the new yeah, one the 2005 one yeah. and then john pairs the story with one of the ones from the classic stories mm-hmm. uh john what do we have in store for this episode? All right, well, this episode we have a, it's a Donna light story. We love the we love Donna. Hmm. We think Donna's great. The oh, Donna, Donna, I guess we're calling we're calling her the Donna, like the, the Donna. Donna. The Donna. We love the Donna. Uh, she's great, but she's not in this. So if hey. you're tuning in for talking about Donna, just move on to the next podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I have a side podcast, Donna Talk, and you can just tune into that. <laughs> and we don't spend a lot of time on this episode. Um, yes, it's David Tennant uh, in uh, in in an episode called Midnight, sort of a Hitchcockian bottle episode of them all. Uh, uh, in, a, in a in basically a van driving around, uh, <laughs> basically <laughs> that's the premise. Uh, that, that was actually the TV guide summary. They're like, uh, the doctor's in a van with some people driving around. <laughs> yeah, right. What if the doctor um, had an yeah. RV? What would that be like? <laughs> uh, and we have paired that. Not so much with a thematic link, link, but with an actor link. um, If you have uh, problems with your thematic system, you want to talk to your doctor, like an ENT guy there, and probably get that checked out. Um, We have David Troughton, who appears in Midnight as the Mm -hmm. professor uh, character, and he appeared uh, long, long ago uh, in the uh, classic series Third Doctor and Joe's story, The Curse of Peladon. All right, let's begin our David Troughton Fest. Uh, by the way, this is, of course, recorded live from David Troughton yeah. Fest 2021. Now, uh, you know, David Troughton Fest, huge event, usually about 100,000 people. Yeah. They run out Wembley Stadium. Um, but, of course, because of coronavirus this year, it's it's largely me and John. My dog occasionally walks by. Yeah, um, it's, it's, that's it's about much it. lighter this year. People were like, okay, well, if we can't do it live. People are like, you got to hear, you got to see Trouton live. <laughs> yeah. If not, then what's the point? Like, recording it doesn't work. Yeah. If you haven't seen Trouton live. He actually is a big theater. I think he has become, uh, in sort of his later years, he's become a very big theater actor. So, yes, you, hmm. you do, in fact, need to see him live. So, Which segue. is like. More of a move for British actors where that occasionally happens with American actors and Broadway. But I don't think um, the relative size of the country to the there's like literally one place like there's only one place in the States if you're going to be semi-famous and go do kind of legitimate theater it's like well you're gonna go to New York and yeah. maybe Chicago I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like it seems yeah. just uh ratio wise more of those actors end up doing stuff in london and things like that yeah i mean i mean so i mean i've been to the west end hang out mm. um uh, no, i my company's office has offices there so i go there quite a bit and then uh, you know when i'm there uh, the great thing about london theater is that there's tons of it and you can also just if you're just going by yourself you could just the night of just pick up a single ticket and you can usually find a, find mm. a seat even for big shows um and uh, it is i mean 
you know, you go to any show I've got. A, I pick my shows entirely based on how many actors who have appeared in Doctor Who are in the show. I definitely <laughs> well, right, went right. to an Alex Kingston starring show about like admissions <laughs> for uh, stuff. And I've been I did I did go see Eddie Izzard, of course, it was amazing. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just you go and you you sit in these shows and you and even like the, you know, the second or third string cast. I don't know how they not string. Right? It's not like they come in late. But, you know, that's sort of not the top, not the top billing, not the above the above mm-hmm. the t- title cast. Are people you're like, oh, I saw that guy on TV or I've seen her on TV. Like yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. it is the, the people, they bounce back and forth quite, quite essentially. And yeah, it's very, very easy to sort of, it's kind of one bucket list thing is to, before she is unable to do it. Although I don't know when they'll be, it's like Judy Dench. I'd love to go see Judy Dench. Hmm. And so yeah, she's, she's on the she's, theater all the time and she's yeah. 900 years old. I don't know. <laughs> it's exhausting. All right. Well, let's talk about this episode of yeah. Judy Dench. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. We're talking about uh, <laughs> Dr. Who. We're talking about, yeah. uh, yeah. This is an episode called Midnight. We mentioned the fourth Doctor and kind of only him. Donna's yeah. uh, book ended at the Ten beginning seconds. and end. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, she uh, <laughs> she had something else to do this week, it seems. Well, she's recording um, next week's story, Turn Left. It's the Donna episode. So I think they were oh, recording them in separate tracks. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how they did it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, the story number 196, it was recorded on the 14th of June, 2008. Let's listen to a little clip of I said no. Sapphire waterfall. It's a waterfall made of sapphires. This enormous jewel the size of a glacier reaches the cliffs of oblivion and then shatters into sapphires at the edge. They fall 100,000 feet into a crystal ravine. Why you say that to all the girls? Oh, come on. They're boarding now. It's no fun if I see it on my own. Four hours. That's a little take. Oh, that's four hours there, four hours back. That's like a school trip. I'd rather go sunbathing. You be careful. That's ectonic sunlight. Oh, I'm safe. It says in the brochure this glass is 15 feet thick. All right, I give up. I'll be back for dinner. We'll try that anti gravity restaurant with bibs. That's a day. Well, not a day. Oh, you know what I mean. Oh, get off. See you later. Oi, and you be careful, all right? Ah, taking a big space truck with a bunch of strangers across a diamond planet called Midnight. I like that uh, we're like, Donna's not in this at all. And then the one clip you make is yeah. their entire scene. But what, what I think why I picked this clip is because this, this is actually a frequent argument Mike and I even have. Um, this is, I am Donna and Mike is the doctor. Like I, I Mike will be like, let's drive for 15 hours to go look at, at, a, at a stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be like, it's amazing. And I, I'm sure it is. And I'm just like, I would rather sit in this room uh, yes, and read a book, and like that is our different travel styles. Um, so yeah, I love I love this little dynamic here because the doctor is like the little kid who's like, yeah, let's go see this awesome thing, and it's like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read my book, and, and, and martinis here at this bar. <laughs> and if it's following the last episode in any kind of a timeline, you know, Donna's like, I've just been through a lot. Can yeah, we just I, sit here a second? Like, I had a whole fake life. Uh, I lived an entire fake life with a husband and children, and I'm a little wiped out from that. Yeah. Well, I'll re-go over it but the doctor kind of sums up the whole plot there in uh, just that clip but yeah they're on a resort planet um again uh as in all sci-fi planets do one thing and one thing only there are not multiple things going yep. on in any planets uh so this is a resort planet we're there at the beginning it's sort of donna's in the spa side of the planet but the doctor's going on uh what, what do you call them the the away the the tours the, yeah, the walkabouts um, around them um, yeah when you're on sure a, trips yeah sure yes yeah. i can't yeah. think of the name but you, when you're on a, excursion maybe. excursions yes yeah. yes yes when you're on a cruise uh or like on some kind of show they have the excursions so he's going off on one of those yeah, and up. the first 15 minutes of it are really just kind of this um little uh scenes of tra- like travel scenes when you are stuck on these things it has yeah. like groups of people it's like the scientist and his assistant the family with the teen with the sullen teenager mm-hmm. and the woman traveling alone for the first time and of course the intergalactic time traveler yeah and um, I, lo- I do love the um, i like the little commentary i'm like she tries to turn on all the entertainment and all the screens and, very the music, and you're just like yeah that is actually not far off from what i mean it is hard to get them to shut up like in airports and i was like like if the, the stupid tvs playing cnn in the waiting area is just like could we shut everything up for a second like <laughs> yeah so, yeah I, she I love puts on comment. As as though she's doing the 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 steward as though she's doing a favor puts on three simultaneous <laughs> visually and sound uh, uh visually oppressive and 
like cacophonous sound yeah. things and the doctor turns it off with the sonic screwdriver um so that they all get to know each other and, and yes they're going on this sort of uh tank of a van that's going to a certain part of the planet that is i mean he mentions it it's like a, a castle of diamonds essentially. yeah like a jewel waterfall or something yeah it's very impressive apparently. now this planet in general i i don't know why it became a resort plan i guess it's because it's beautiful but it's uh a, it's awash in it must be particularly close to some kind of crazy star and so the sunlight that's hitting it is extremely deadly yeah um so you know it's a travel planet but like you are very you 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 have to stay inside all the time so the the trip they're actually just enclosed in this metal um tank while for four hours while they get there and then they're going to see it for it can't be for so long. They mentioned the windows they can only see for like five minutes. So yeah. they're, you know, you're gonna just look out the window. And be like, mm, yeah, yeah see this the is thing? exactly the kind of crap that Mike would propose. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then turn around and come back for four yeah. hours. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, he turns all the sound off. They get to know each other. And then in the middle of the trip, um, it, it turns into a real uh, to me, it reminded of a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're all trapped together. They've gotten to know each other a little. He does talk to this one uh, older woman who's traveling by herself for the first time. She says she got out of a relationship. You think and, she got dumped. Uh, I think she's in a she's a, she's a lesbian. She's in with a woman, I believe. And then yeah, yeah she got dumped. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the and there's a scientist and his assistant on board who study this particular uh, diamond formation. So in the middle of the trip, which is supposed to just kind of like, there's not much to it. They just go there. And then they, again, they open the windows, the, this, the, the van stops and there begins to be ominous banging on the outside. The doctor goes up and talk before this happens, before the banging starts, the doctor goes and talks to the pilots and they, um, they're saying, well, there's a rescue ship coming for some reason. We stalled out, but we have no idea. We have no idea why or what's happening. And uh, they hear this banging. Uh, we end up finding out uh, the the pilots, the front of the, and then the ship gets like thrown about. Uh, the pilots are not there anymore. The whole front of the ship has been kind of sliced off. Just eliminating the supporting cast. Like, yeah, we can't we can't find dialogue for these. Yeah, people. they're out. They're out. <laughs> and uh, the woman who he was talking to, the old, the older woman who's um, separated from her wife or or from her partner, um, uh, starts to kind of go crazy and she says something like she's coming for me or something like that she yeah. she references i don't know she seems to indicate maybe she's just going crazy and just kind of having a nervous breakdown or she somehow seems like um saying she knows that, what's going on or something yeah. yeah that she knows what's going on that like this is possible that whatever would be finding her like, like it would be possible for her which maybe it's her ex or maybe it's something else we don't know um but when so the the thing gets thrown around and she's just huddled in a corner not moving and they slowly start to kind of notice this and they just think she's again kind of had had a nervous breakdown and the doctor starts to talk to her and when she finally looks up she just looks like a changed person a nice acting job by this actress yeah and um she looks possessed you know that's what she looks like and then she starts to repeat uh things that other people are saying and that seems to be all that she can do she's not interacting as kind of a person anymore then there's like a really interesting turn where she's not repeating it anymore she starts to catch up to them where she's literally saying exactly what everyone is saying at the same time as they're saying it which is freaking them out and annoying it's also annoying (laughs) and and yes and also annoying (laughs) so the doctor is now more believing that she seems to be almost like possessed by something or some kind of other consciousness has gone into her. Um, and then it becomes kind of, again, uh, a Twilight Zone or Black Mirror thing of how do this, how does this group of people, how does this varied group of people react to this kind of pressure situation? Yeah. And the answer is um, not well. They not well. This well. <laughs> um, you know, and some people are basically like, extremely upset by yeah. this and saying like, well, we have to get like, this is, she's a problem. Yeah. Let's get rid of her. The funny thing I think about that, and they want to like basically throw her out of the ship. And yeah. there's some kind of a means of doing it where they say, like, well, if we open this door, you won't be sucked out immediately. Right. But you will be sucked out. So if we just like kind of get her over here, we can push her out the ship. My thing with that is, and it's a, 
it's presented as that there's like terribly evil people, but it's like it's kind of she she does seem to be possessed by this thing that yeah. essentially destroyed their ship. So I don't see why it's so crazy. But the doctor is very gives this whole speech about yeah, you'd never do that. Yeah, oh, you can't do this because it's a new being and whatever. One thing is like, well, okay, but this new being just killed the pilots, at which yeah. the, the steward mentions. But the other thing that I don't get is okay throw out the ship but isn't this the being that just attacked the ship so why would throwing it out the ship like do that much to it like i don't didn't quite yeah. understand that yeah. yeah well they're terrified there's no rationality in their terror no yeah they're all scared and and, and you mentioned it, it it's reminiscent of um the edge of destruction and yeah, very much so. it, it, yeah. everyone's kind of breaking down because i mean think about it they are trapped inside this box so there's claustrophobia going on they're no one there really knows anyone else other than their immediate companion and then they're there with a bunch of strangers they're literally in the middle of nowhere four hours away from anything else and they're also all traveling so in addition to being four hours away they're also on another planet then they're home like there's a lot of stress it's um it's actually i mean yeah in in many ways it is a it's a letdown of sort of the doctor who sort of idea of like you know he brings out the best of everyone and everyone will react and like you know they'll be the best of us blah blah blah. and it's like yeah that's that's how it would sort of happen in a typical doctor who who episode and and this one it's really interesting because he they he fails right i mean and they they react realistically right i think you're right i think this is how normal people would most likely react because people are awful um and like his usual like hey i'm in charge I'm the clever one or whatever backfires on him. That's what I think is really interesting about this episode is that sort of yeah. Yeah, they turn against him because they're like, well, what, what do you know? And who, why are you in charge? And, and, he, and his response is like, because I'm clever. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. And, they, <laughs> That's and again, well it, it, it comes up where it doesn't always, where they're like, who are you anyway? And he's yeah. cagey for reasons that I still don't think we totally ever understand. <laughs> maybe, maybe you do, but like, yeah. uh, it, it's just so anyway. Um, so they start to freak out. I think like understandably at the beginning, I think they freak out in a non-understandable way at certain points. Like they ramp things up at certain points where it's like, whoa, okay, they really went Lord of the Flies for no yeah. real reason here, like two minutes into this. Um, but uh, ultimately, the doctor is trying to save her. He goes over and 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 or just uh, diffuse the situation, which as you said, he doesn't do. He doesn't. And then as he goes over and talks to her more, um, she seems to take over his body in some way or at least render him um, frozen. And this is the part that I really didn't buy, but maybe this is just part of it. Like maybe part of it is that this being is able to sort of manipulate people in this way. Um, She, the woman now stands up and is able to talk to the rest of them. The doctor's stuck frozen and repeating things. And the other people are, or many of them, if almost all of them, are immediately like, oh, yeah, she's great now. We love her. She's clearly fine. I'm like, why is she fine? Like, (laughs) it's so strange that they, they, I I get the sort of descending, freaking out and being like, hey, who are you anyway? And you're kind of scaring me and you're not human and maybe you're in it with her. But the fact that she is suddenly somehow redeemed because she gets up and walked around, I didn't understand. Because she's still acting very strange. Yeah. And they're they're kind of okay with her. I guess she's like, well, we didn't know in the first place. So maybe they didn't realize she's weird. But it is sort of like, it's, 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 I feel like it is played as if it's like something transferred to the doctor, like he was fine and they talked to her and then suddenly he's now taken over and right. like she's free of it. I feel like that's what they're going for. But yeah, it is. It could be a little it could be tightened up a little bit. But he doesn't he appear like very clearly appears to be frozen. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at that, that point, they're like, great, let's throw the doctor outside yeah. and, and Done. problem solved. Of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most of them want to do it. Some don't. Um, the assistants vaguely on his side. Um, and then, uh, what it kind of comes down to at the end is right when they're about to do that, I don't quite understand the, the blocking of all this, but ultimately the steward seems to kind of come to the conclusion of like, no, this is wrong. The woman is still the one who's yeah, she works it out somehow, but yeah, yeah, you're kind of thinking about it and like she's looking at stuff and you're just like, she works it out and then also realizes, like, if I don't do this, this is what I would want putting into the, the, the script, but it's like, well, I'm going to, I need to get rid of this woman and I'm okay to sacrifice myself because if not, like, we're all just gonna kill each other, it seems like, and so she. Um, hits the uh, the the airlock door and goes out with the yeah. the possessed woman 
again into i guess outside but again that being had no problem getting back in but um (laughs) so then we're left with the awkward silence afterwards of like so you were guys were gonna kill me (laughs) we Um, have a couple hours till the relief people get here here. and so (laughs) they'll turn that entertainment back on sit in silence in the ship and then like there's some awkward moments he comes back and talks to donna and that's really it i mean like you said it really is quite literally a show in a bottle they they just stay right there in that set and it is kind of a little bit of a psychological drama um oh i'm sorry we see rose um yeah so we Briefly. we've actually seen and um, uh, if we go if you go back she's actually flashed in a lot of the episodes um, yes right. uh, and we've seen little bits of her at different places um uh and um yeah but yeah this is you definitely catch a little bit more it was easier to catch her this time but he has flashed the rose throughout all again her trying to get in touch with the doctor so we'll see that come to fruition um yeah this is a this is a Russell, one of Rusty Davies favorite episodes he loved he wrote this I think he 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 liked the idea of it um it is it's in his wheelhouse of character driven pieces obviously again we you know we've talked about him in the past he creates characters very quickly you know a couple lines and really establishes people and um so you know he's good ones here um uh it is kind of a study in mass hysteria i guess i mean that is you know it, it it's vaguely reminds me of i don't know how much you watched house uh it was a brilliant show um just because i, I like his management style i'd like to manage people like house did um but uh um, <laughs> this is the show where bob vila goes around and yeah this yeah exactly uh, fixes, puts up door this, frames it's a weird stuff. mass hysteria episode where they all <laughs> built colonials three bedroom colonials in massachusetts like across this no um uh it was one uh, mass hysteria it was set on a plane uh, and then uh passengers ill and then all the the passengers start to be uh getting the same symptoms and he realizes that actually they're just they're they're it's they're mirroring his they're just panicking and it's actually physically man it's very interesting anyway um i don't think it's had anything to do with russell davis uh, writing but um, <laughs> anyway. um uh yeah and um it's obviously pretty cheap there were limited effects they didn't the monsters just them it's a great again it's like it's like what kids would do at a playground, right? Where you copy the person who's talking and like right. everybody hates that, but you won't stop. And like that, it's like a very child, childish thing to do, which again, I think is, you know, I'm often well, he's saying thing. he thinks like, this yeah. consciousness is new, yeah. um, somewhat newborn. So yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's learning from them, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, um, um, it is, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I, I do again, like the, um, I like this sort of doctor, uh, you know, trying his usual sort of tactics, which maybe work in these grand, you know, epic alien invasions where he's talking to presidents and, and you know, <laughs> leaders of worlds. But then it's like, oh, yeah, around normal people who are just terrified and just they're just going to be like, yeah, I don't. Wh- who, why am I listening to you? Like, I don't normal care people. And there isn't like a monster up on the thing shooting slime at them. It's like, yeah. we don't know what's going on. Like, we yeah. don't know if there's an alien, what happened. Clearly something's wrong. Like, it's all confusion. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like that and I don't like it. Right. Like, I don't I don't I don't think I've rewatched the story many times because I, I, it's just it is it's great. It's a great as you say, it's kind of a good Twilight Zone episode. It's, it's a little off as a Doctor Who episode. Um, and then, uh, as you say, I, I, I like a little bit more. I think the stewardesses or whatever we're calling her the hostesses sacrifice at the end comes a little out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it needs to be set up a little bit more or, or something. I mean, I, I see you. It's you funny see her because the slight together, switch. But, yeah. Had it been the scientist assistant, yeah, maybe I bought it a little more, but like she, the the steward just seemed. I didn't. They didn't do enough to bring yeah. me along to see like why she would have she made the this least interaction huge like sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, she's for for the doctor, she doesn't know. Right. And yeah, again, yeah. So it's it's an interesting. Uh, story um uh, uh as you say david troughton in it um uh, he's sort of a last minute i think uh, substitute i think the other actor fell through um so thank goodness this has worked out because it would have been difficult to connect us to Chris Peloton otherwise um and then uh, the other recognizable um uh, colin morgan is the kid uh and he starred in merlin uh which i, I never really watched it but i know it was very series familiar um and so yeah um I, I was like oh he looks familiar and i looked him up for this i was like oh he's in merlin um, yeah, and um, uh, again, very pretty straightforward, sort of a almost a filler episode. Uh, interestingly, so um, the next episode, Turn Left, which we'll talk about, uh, has um, uh, Donna also going into a parallel world, and so they were uh, it was supposed to be following immediately from Forest of the Dead, uh, Science Library, and they go that's, that's two parallel worlds in a row, so they kind of reshuffled things, and Midnight actually was moved, uh, so that it was like a buffer between um, uh, uh, you know the two parallel world stories. Uh, interesting. And um, yeah, it's a it's a solid episode. Um, uh, very Hitchcockian, almost in its yeah, and ecological it thriller. Did, it did remind me because of just the the sort of stress and nervous breakdowns around. It did remind me of Edge of Destruction. I did think it's 
better than that because it was just sort of intelligible as to what's going on, sort of built the situation. Um, okay. Uh, it felt this was one of those where it felt like because it's Doctor Who, one of the reasons it felt flat, fell flat to me is because ultimately I did want to find out. So what was this thing and did it relate to the woman? And it had these unanswered questions, which given the episode, I don't know. I'm sure you'll tell me, but like it felt like, well, we're never going to find this out. This was clearly a one off episode. And so it felt strangely unsatisfying. Like you got to kind of tie that up in a bow because we're never coming back there. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely that's not something because they went so long. They went so far to say this planet, like nothing can survive here. It is impossible then so there's something there he sees a shadow that i got, forgot to mention the pilot sees some sort of shadow i don't think we ever really get a visual then bump 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 the woman appears to feel like oh i know what's happening and then the possession happens and then she's again at the airlock and then that's it so like i just not that an explanation would have made everything all better but i feel like it was needed well, it's, very, um, it's 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 very you're right it's black mirror or it's something else where like that happens right sometimes things just happen and you don't get an explanation doctor who has really set the precedent like no you pretty much always find out like what's going on like yeah you know, like, there's always an explanation even if it's sort of hokey you know bs you know sci-fi you know bs but you, you they always try to explain it now you know again it's sort of like there's nothing wrong with it <laughs> no fine. no it, it's does fine. Feel, it just doesn't quite feel to me like a Doctor Who episode because of because of that ending and because again yeah. the way that the Doctor is not able to uh, you know it's not able to sort of calm the characters or have his his positive except you know it's implied sort of basically at the end well he must have had some positive influence on the stewardess to get her to do but again that's not landed that doesn't it's land earned, strongly enough yeah. for me to yeah exactly that said there's some cool moments and um, I, I actually like the thing you're saying uh, I actually like seeing the Doctor not having that effect because. It's just it was interesting to see like, hey, in this situation, that doesn't work. And in fact, you're kind of huge ego and just being like, hey, follow me. It'll all work out. It's like, well, sometimes that runs out and that's yeah. not going to happen. And so it was interesting to and see that. I mean, especially of it is, he is probably to date the most charming of all the doctors. Right. I mean, there's you know, he is he is the most, you know, he's good looking and charming and we all like him and he's funny. Like So of all of them, you know, if 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 you know the third doctor wasn't able to just you'd be like well yeah he's kind of an ass <laughs> the, the other thing is that because he is more shaken by the, like he always is about to die yeah but in this he seems very shaken at the end especially in the there's a there's a bookend scene when he's yeah, back with donna. donna he's very shaken by it and i don't know but it's like i imagine that's not gonna like follow through much for the next episodes but i don't know maybe it does i don't know yeah i mean well yeah but we'll see the next episode was so much uh, coming well it, it this is referenced a bit in the finale the season finale in terms of how he influences people but um so yeah there's a little bit of that which i think maybe explains why that part is written in or why davies did it but it's not yeah it's not quite on that same theme so we'll get to that all right well let's move on to our classic episode the curse classic. of peladon this is mm-hmm. season nine story two it's the 61st doctor who stories is four episode arc between the 29th of january and the 19th of february in 1972 it's third doctor and our good friend joe mm-hmm. i've met before and uh gonna have a little clip uh, right here the curse of peladon the whole affair was most deplorable the pilot was exceedingly inefficient. Well, I'm glad it was nothing more. You bring a welcome beauty to a serious occasion. Thank you, Your Majesty. Royal Highness. What are your powers on the Committee of Assessment? Um... The princess is here in the capacity of a royal observer only. Ah, as on my planet, you still retain the aristocratic process. Yes, in a democratic sort of way. Chairman delegate from Earth, we are not here to indulge in social diplomacy. No, no, of course not. We are here to consider admitting this somewhat primitive planet into the Galactic Federation. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Unfortunately, I... the success of our mission is threatened violently. Perhaps you'd be kind enough to explain that to me from the beginning. This is an internal. We need no trouble, Here we go. Politics. Right. 
A, a taut political thriller argued amongst people in rubber suits. <laughs> yes. Very reminiscent of uh, from the Phantom Menace, the Trade Federation yes. scenes. Yeah. Um, so, it's a perfectly legal blockade. Perfectly legal blockade. We smash cut to the planet Peladon, led by a king also named Peladon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what happens is, is this planet is about to join the Galactic Federation, um, <laughs> a group of planets who, you know, banded together so that they can all, uh, you know, debate each other. Amazing, basically, yeah. so that like if, if you get if you buy tokens at one arcade on yep. one planet, yep. those tokens will work at the arcades yep. on the other planet. Yep. You know, that's what all. we need. This is the universe needs. And so the delegates are going to vote, and there's a high priest, Hepesh, Hepesh, mm-hmm. which is just, I just love that name, <laughs> Hepesh. Hepesh. Um, he is against it, and he says that there's a curse. Agador, the beast mm-hmm. of Pelton, will will visit doom upon them if, if they join the Federation. He's against it. TARDIS shows up, falls off a cliff. Uh, Third Doctor and Joe, <laughs> they're fine. Uh, and they go into the castle to get help, and we just saw they're misunderstood to be the delegates from Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the the aliens that are there from the Federation are we we heard them just there. We, Alpha Centauri, who's a huge eye with yep. that very high annoying yep. voice, mm-hmm. um, Arcturus, and I think that's the heavy breathing guy, right? Uh, no, Arturus is the one with the little in the bubbles with the the little breathing, oh the little, little brain in of that yeah. little yeah yeah, yeah. East, and then East the air is the uh, is and then we the have ice the ice warrior. ice warriors here okay yeah so well, return this is they return they they I mean, they're actually one of uh, the big yeah, Doctor Who monsters uh, they were this is a big return for them from the second Doctor's era they've been in a couple before oh but they're just yeah. kind of well they turn out to be good that's a bit of a twist in this episode yeah. we'll talk about that yeah <clears throat> um he says Joe is Princess Josephine of Tardis and uh. Uh, young King Peladon likes what he sees, mm-hmm. and there the 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 game is on. The game is afoot. Uh, they fall in love. Uh, the Doctor leaves to <laughs> look in tunnels under the palace. He finds Agador, who is very reminiscent of another Doctor Who monster that I'm not putting my finger on, but he looks very familiar. Yeah, um, a lot of p- people in it, hunched over in bear like suits with a horn. Yes, yeah, with that, horns that's a common things. Common theme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, he is able to kind of hypnotize the beast. Um, Hephesh, uh, (laughs) finds the doctor there. He says, this is sacrilege that he's in the tunnels. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. You're in the the high priest or the, you know, the temple. Yes. And you can't be in the temple. You're not, you're not a Peladonian. Um, at at that point, uh, John Pertwee wants to have a fight scene, so they yeah. say, "Hey, you gotta have a trial." Like lengthy combat. fight scene, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just recapped; it's done, and then they do it all again. In the meeting, except and for... he fights supposedly the champion of Peladon, um, who is like <laughs> dispatched with immediately. Yeah. Um. So they uh they don't believe him that the then then he tries to tell them about the beast just to say like, "Hey, the beast is there. It's fine. It's not a big deal." Um, uh, but the, they don't believe him. Um, they escape, uh, but, uh, then he's able to bring the beast back. Meanwhile, Peldon wants to marry Joe and Joe's kind of into it, but then she decides she keeps, he keeps asking at inappropriate times. Like, you know, yeah. she'll like, he'll come down to the doctor to death and be like, so how about that marriage? She'll be like, this is not a good time to ask. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> you're they using a, me. Yeah. And they have a scene where he talks about this, where she says like, how can you say, how can you do that? And then say, you want to marry me? It's like, because that's what I'm doing as a King. Yeah. But this is time. what I'm doing as a man. They're two totally different. Like, that's my job. This is my personal life. Completely different yeah. things. And she's like, that, that's no, like you, you can't do that. <laughs> um, so, uh, they, uh, ultimately, uh, the beast comes in there, but Hephesh uh, <laughs> claims he's like, oh, but I control the beast. So yeah. I'm going to come over here and control it. And he, he does not he does control not. the beast. He does not now, control the beast. Now, let me explain this final scene here. Hephesh is holding, it seems like he's threatening to kill Peladon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Hephesh is going to kill Peladon. The beast comes in. He says, I'm going to control it. The beast actually kills Hephesh. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as that happens, even though he was just the guy who was about to kill Peladon and take over, they're like, oh, 
Oh, we're really gonna miss that guy. It's like we were just about to kill you. I mean, well, I understand they have a relationship, he but apologizes for it uh, in a way, exactly, yes. and, and they, you know, they, they establish. I think they do a good job actually in some in some fairly lengthy prologue scenes in episode one, kind of establishing the relationship between the king and Hepish and the other the other uh, the guy who's killed right away. They do, uh, but I just felt like that that trust was broken by Hepish, and then so like when it yeah. switches, it's suddenly so sad, and and the soldiers are very funny because they're like. Oh, um, my king! <laughs> I am now your king. Where they were, they were banging Hepesh, and we're kind of, uh, yeah. you know, going against them. There's, there's a great, uh, there's a great convention story behind that scene. So at the end, it's the, the director of the episode is a very sort of a, a, a flamboyant Scottish guy named Lenny Main. I believe his name, uh, and he's he was known for being very bombastic director and yelling. So that final scene, there's the whole cast, right, and the extras and everybody are in that throne room, and Agador comes in. And apparently in the rehearsals or whatever, or when they're trying to film it, um, they were not uh, reacting strongly. They were just kind of being, oh, there's that. And he was like, no, no. And he keeps running in. He's like, if you, if you, and so this, this is the part of the lore of the, because of course you don't swear at conventions. So he said, so this is the cast sort of substituted. Uh, so basically, so if this monster came in, you would all leap around and you'd be screaming. You'd go, holy flaming cow, which, you know, is meant for, to be much more profane a phrase. So and she, he says, you know, that's what you're going to do. So he's like, come on, everyone, get together. And so apparently they, they reset in their marks or whatever. And while he's resetting up the cameras and stuff, John Pertwee has a word with the entire cast. Uh, and then the next scene, they're filming, the monster comes in and they all turn around and in complete unison go, holy flaming cow. Except, of course, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah, that's one of the great convention anecdotes. That, uh, that I love it. Story. I love it. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah, and then so anyway, uh, Hepish dies. Uh, he becomes king. I believe they do decide to join the yes. Federation. Joe ultimately decides to not stay, and and she even says like, "Look, I'm not even a princess." And he's like, "It's fine. It, it doesn't matter to me." But she doesn't want to stay. Maybe you can shed more light on. I didn't quite understand her. It's fine. I mean, she wanted to decide not to go, but I feel like they were painting this sort of. She wasn't sure, and will she? Won't she do this? But I, anyway, um. Uh, Agador the Beast is just like a cute little Shih Tzu yeah. now mm-hmm. who follows around the Doctor and he's adorable and then um, at the very end the actual ambassador from Earth shows up and they're like ooh exit stage right <laughs> and you get the um, great the first it. Doctor Who joke this is the first, I believe this is the first time in the series that they made oh, that really? joke of a Doctor Doctor Who and then like ah wow that's the first season 9 you think it was that I far in I think that's yeah I think it's the wow. first time yeah um yes yeah. um, so, great as, I, I love this this is a, a fondly remembered story about dr who fans mm-hmm. um uh it is um is by brian hales uh who did create the ice warriors wrote a bunch of early scripts um and yeah this was very flipping the ice warriors and, you, and this is played with a little bit in the third doctor's reaction to them you know so the bad guys but the, yeah they, they'd always been the bad guys before sort of bent on invading earth a couple times they were from mars uh, of course, and um, uh, the Martians. And uh, yeah, they're sort of bent on invading Earth, so they get the doctors to distrust of them. So a nice little flip that they're actually the good guys, uh, or probably good guys here. Um, uh, it is uh, uh, it is just a very, um, uh, it is a very funny sort of, it is a political drama, right? It's like a mad- episode of Madam Secretary or something with like all this <laughs> intrigue about like on joining. A, on a, complete, a planet that we have no familiarity yeah, with. W- yeah. With people entirely in rubber suits. And I mean, it is, it is, I mean, it is, I find it anyway, quite, ing- it's an inter- it's fun to watch. It's interesting. It's engrossing, but you're watching like, yeah, they're having committee meetings where a giant eye is debating with like a little head in a tube about like whether they should the <laughs> procedures of the committee and whether they should stay in. And like there is sort of a there's a ballsiness to it. It's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Like it's not they're gonna be having a wacky adventure together. They're, they're, this is a serious committee of assessments to join. And this is supposedly an allegory. This is around when the UK was joining the common market. Uh, and this, this is somewhat mm. of an allegory. Like I think that you know, Arcturus is clearly the French, uh, and uh, and Alpha Centauri is clearly German. Uh, but <laughs> so there is sort of a yeah, like a, you know, what, what are the implications of joining this larger group, and you know, what does it do for your culture and stuff like that? So they're clearly playing with that. Um, the Third Doctor, much softer. I, I think a much softer performance from John Pertwee. Like he's not quite the arrogant ass that we've seen him in some of the other mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, um, he, he's clearly enjoying himself playing the delegate. And Joe, I think, is a great uh, story. You know, they quickly, quickly that early scene where they sort of. 
okay, we got, you know, here, okay, we, we get what's going on. And she starts to play like, all right, I'm royalty and I don't deal through intermediaries. And like, she catches on very fast. I think she has a great, uh, great performance. Um, uh, you King Peladon um, is a bit wet. I, I he's, sort of, he's a little annoying at some points. You're just like, oh, yeah. God, you're a king. Come on. Uh, but, but, uh, well, well played. Um, uh, I, it's hard to actually connect him. He's very young compared to David. You know, it's, it's David Troughton, but you know, if you try to look in, in speech compared to the guy you see in the, uh, in Midnight, it's hard to almost see it's the same actor. You're not sure you would notice necessarily. Um, uh, and uh, and then of course yes uh, the the great Alpha Centauri which uh, we've talked a little bit about I think in monster design themes uh, that we've discussed in the past uh, but yes uh, uh, one of the class all time great Doctor Who monsters um, uh, played by two actors uh, uh, Stuart Fell plays uh, the the body he's a stunt man and he's just in there wobbling around and moving the things uh, and then the voice is uh, uh, I forget Yasmin. Yes, and something um, uh, is the name of the actress. Um, uh, anyway, uh, but she, uh, yeah, she plays the voice. Um, and again, very, just very, again, sort of bold. Like I, they, so apparently originally the costume was, it was just the eyeball and the little body and it looked like a giant penis. Uh, they were like, um, okay. Oh, yes. Izan Churchman is the voice. Uh, uh, it's great. And uh, you've given us a giant penis with an eye on it. And they were sort of like, we'll put a cloak on it. I'm like, okay, that's better. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like a penis with a cloak. Um, all of these characters return. So this is a, this is a rare oh, really? story where uh, they have a sequel, the monster of Peladon in another season or two, the doctor and Sarah go back to Peladon. Uh, it's, and is it's David Trouton still there? No, it's further into the future. So it is now his daughter, I believe, clean Thalera. Um, but uh, but Alpha Centauri is still there. Uh, the Ice Warriors are there. Um, uh, there's a lot of callbacks. To sort of, so it's, again, rare to have a direct sequel um, to a story in Doctor Who like this. Uh, but yeah, and then um, uh, has been returned to in some of the spinoff fiction and some of the books and an audio and stuff like that. And then um, I will I will not give too much away, but. In a Peter Capaldi story, one character makes a really surprised return um, in a, all these years later, uh, which is very much a tribute to Stephen Moffat's love of the show. But um, uh, we'll, we'll, I, will, I will not tip that off any further. But uh, yes. Um, so, yes, it is, it's love or it's sort of fondly remembered by fans just because it is. And it is a, it is a, it's a little bit of a murder mystery vibe going on here. And, uh, um, uh, you know, and it is it's a bit clever of creating sort of this whole sort of um uh story through um uh you know just a couple of sets right it's, it's sort of this sprawling intergalactic you know alliances and all this kind of stuff was all done on just a small set it does it is oddly structured uh in that we find out you know our tourist is sort of the traitor at the end of episode three like like they've had sort of self uh, i read a review of it it's like it's very interesting it's a bold move right so you've gone through three episodes it's like who's the traitor who's who's betraying them whatever and then you basically find out at the beginning of episode four, right? The Ice Warriors shoot Arcturus. And then they're kind of, they try to suddenly broaden the scope. It's like, ah, this will cause war within the Federation because the Ice Warriors killed Arcturus. And there's a sort of, we've got to figure out a way to stop Hepish from turning, Hepish, from turning that into a, into something. Uh, and so it's a very, the story takes a very strange left turn. Like it's suddenly just like, oh, right. It's a, it's a completely different story now. We've resolved the sort of mystery of who the traitor is. And now we're under this entirely new story for the last episode. There's a weird structure to it. Uh, almost like he was writing it. And then they were like, uh, we, you did three episodes. We, we really could use a fourth. <laughs> like, oh, all right. I'll carry on. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a fondly remembered story. I think. And, and it's, uh, it's entertaining. So, did, you, and did you love Alpha? Did you love Alpha Centauri? I mean, he everything you want. Fine. The voice is pretty <laughs> grating. Um, so... So he is the son of Patrick Troughton. He is, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, he appeared, I think, in a, like a sort of bit role or something like that before. Um, but yeah, it was sort of cast. This is a big, uh, big moment for him. I, I don't think uh, necessarily cast. I don't think Lane made done any second Doctor story. Usually, so the way BBC tended to do it, at least, was directors kind of had companies of actors, right? They all sort of they had a list of people they all knew and had worked with, um, and so that's why often you know, and even in Doctor Who, you'll see sort of the same actor pop every once in a while um, in different stories because, but all with the same director because like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's Michael Sheard, that's you know someone that you know they they oh, this director always goes to or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's it wasn't necessarily like connections to a doctor that would get you in it would be connections to a director and so maybe what's going on here. Uh, what's like his. Um his this family has a lot of actors in it is a couple brothers who are also actors and then david troughton's uh and uh joanna troughton's um 
son, the bunch of grandchildren of uh, Patrick Trudden, also actors. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think Patrick Trudden's other son shows up in a Peter Capaldi episode later. So yeah, he's getting quite a few. Michael Trouton. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Trouton's everywhere. Trout's everywhere. Trout's far as the eye can see. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting out on this river and I'm putting my line in the water and I'm hoping to God I'll pull up one of them themes. One of them themes. One of them themes. That was a great one because normally they're just the word theme said. (laughs) (laughs) This one had a a little story to it. I was like, oh, I hope he remembers to drop theme in here at some point. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It's all or nothing. It's either it's all theme, uh, it's only word, or it's like theme is barely mentioned. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Yeah, 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 it's a little yeah. fishing song. A little fishing, <laughs> yeah. fishing. We're about to head song. out. We're about to go on vacation. We're about to go fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah gone. Yeah. We're gonna put. A, that's what I do. I put up a sign on my email that says "Gone, gone fishing, fishing" with one <laughs> N. With well, there's only one N in fishing anyway, but without a G. More importantly, uh, yeah, we are adherents of the repeating themes here on No, Not the Mind Probe. Uh, John, what were the what what themes did you have I in mind for these any. couple episodes? Uh, I mean, it's just, I uh, mentioned it. Um, we're talking about the same actor, right? A period of time. Now, granted, yeah. uh, about 30 years apart. No, 40, I guess. No, let's see. Uh, uh, 30, about 30 years apart, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Um, um, 72 and uh, But, yeah, just, I mean, yeah. so John Trigg, again, has has basically run through the entire pantheon of British actors. Um, like, it's it's not even... I'm not even sure it's an option anymore. Like, I feel like you, you receive a note. It's like at the draft. You just get a card in the mail that's like, you. it's your turn. It's like jury, and, it's like jury duty. Yeah, and all the actors are like, oh, you're going to be in Doctor Who this week. It's my turn. I've been called. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, obviously there are, uh, there are repeats and there are definitely actors who appear multiple sometimes only like a season or two apart uh uh in the series not necessarily disguised particularly well playing different characters um and yeah it's interesting i, I just I, i'm i'm trying to think of other uh other sh- like an anthology series would, it wouldn't be a problem but this isn't right. this is an anthology but also not i mean it's obviously all linked together and has a running thing um uh yeah and it's just interesting like um would they uh would they is it easier to do this baby went back when you didn't have video and you didn't have streaming i mean i will say mark gatiss appears again in doctor who in the modern era like you know he plays he plays multiple characters he's shown up a couple times um so it's just interesting yeah, yeah does, do people I, are people bothered by that or are they i mean i'm curious i guess are people more willing to accept um or are less willing to accept this because of, in the modern age, you of course can go back and watch these episodes instantly, right? You you could have been watching the the you know the the Lazarus experiment yesterday and then turn on the you know the story that has him in it's uh, twice upon a time where he shows up as another character. And I don't know. I mean, he a, seems unique because he's the a creator, yeah, so he's just oh, sprinkling yeah. himself in there. <laughs> but um, I think uh, for it makes more sense i can't think of the equivalent to doctor who where it's like you need to have that much content that it's like yeah sure people are going to be in there a few times there's just so many um yeah and again star trek would be maybe one of them because there's been so many episodes and it does happen to an extent it's actually starting to happen now with star wars yeah not so much the people repeating as different characters but like they're doing so much star wars content it's only going to be more with like disney plus and shows like that that everyone's kind of getting their wish of like, can I just be like some random person in Star Trek? And so you're seeing all these actors who are just showing up as like, you know, Biff Slongo. And they, they, <laughs> and it's just because, you know, you some name is yeah, amazing. At that. You know, Harry Anderson from Night Court always wanted to be in uh, in Star Wars and then he shows up. So um, but I can't think of a, sh- a similar that long running of a show where it would be. Uh, understood that you know again yeah you're like you said you just you get your sag card and then you do your 10 minutes of doctor <laughs> who i always like that uh all these actors who are in here in different roles um or sorry of different levels of fame either before or well sometimes after but sometimes it seems even before like come on the show and just kind of like yeah i'll just be some random person on here it's fine yeah um and it feels different than like american acting where it's like it's such a 
like they just seem to kind of come it's it almost feels the acting uh the british actors on these shows it's just kind of a, like a lunch pail type thing of like yeah come in do a couple hours of work on doctor who go home uh <laughs> rather than it's you know oh i'm too big of a star i can't do this it's sort of yeah. like everybody's kind what of what is it? It. i've heard uh someone has a quote from somebody i can't remember who um who was like it's doctor who's a it, it's a bit like the muppets like you you know you, you mm, do you, yeah. you want it you gotta do it. it's like it is and like um you know there's quotes from actors who are like my kids didn't think i was an actor till i was in doctor who like i'd done you know i'd done i'd won an oscar or whatever and they're like, and then, I was like <laughs> and then i was a monster and i like, ooh, and like like it is sort of like a uh there is sort of a i i, I uh it's just yeah, it's a thing you do, and it is kind of it is kind of fun and quirky. There, it is an interesting. It is a um, uh, there's a guy uh, a Toby Toby Whitehouse of Whitehouse uh, who um, uh, is a, he, he does some of the production for the Big Finish, and he's writes the Doctor Magazine. He's like made it a mission to like interview everyone who's ever been into. So he'll find like extras who were in an episode in like hmm. 1965, and he'll be like, "Do you remember?" What? And I'll be like, "I don't recall no, this like, at I all." Don't. <laughs> um, but it is it is very like you become part of this doctor who family and it is sort of your yeah. thing and it is, it is very interesting like yeah once you once you've been in it you've been in it you're part of it and, and yeah i mean they will it is funny the people who get an invite to a convention and they played like one role in like 1975 and they're like it's, you know they even give interviews it'll be i still get fan mail for this like one part <laughs> i did and they're like i don't get fan mail for anything else i've ever done but i get letters like a couple letters a month for this and so yeah it is it is a very interesting um actor's experience right i, I mean it's got to be yeah again you know it just doesn't happen uh probably in a lot of other shows and so yeah. uh yeah, yeah taking on and, and yeah and maybe people are also i think there's also it's interesting like um certainly as i, I don't think i'm totally unique <laughs> like, certainly in doctor who's a show where the fans really do follow all this too right where we know all the actors like i'll be like oh that's michael sheard he's been in blah blah, blah. like i mean you, know, you kind of the number of actors that i know down to like smaller roles is probably a lot compared to you know most of their TV <laughs> series, right? The guest appearances or whatever. So, so even it's interesting. Like, yeah, you'd sort of be like, all right. Whereas consciousness of the fact that this one actor has appeared multiple times in different roles might take you out of it in other places is actually something that you fixate on slightly. Like, right, you know, right. like you're aware of it. It's actually a thing. Oh like, yeah, it's oh, Michael Sheard. Yeah. He's back. We like him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, the relationship is, is the the interesting relationship between sort of off-screen knowledge of Doctor Who and what's happening on screen is, is very interesting and how it ties together and probably different than any other series for, for hardcore fans. It is different. And again, I would say I'm sure with, um, I'm sure with Star Wars and I'm sure um, with, with something like Star Trek or anything that had just like a big fandom that people would um, have some kind of a very notable role somewhere else, but that the a bit part that they play in somewhere that has a more rabid fandom, that's what they get recognized for. And the, the one I heard recently actually isn't even sci-fi, which is um, the office, the yeah. American office uh, is undergoing yeah, in a one real... Was right? that wasn't the the Asian guy in one division or something? Didn't they do an interview where he forgot he was in the office? Or something? He played Jim right? in that episode. He was he was Asian Jim in the episode where the prank on Dwight. Yes, I think, yes. They were, he was like, I had forgotten I did that. <laughs> well, that, that that's true. I wasn't even thinking of that, but yes, I'm sure the people in Marvel worlds in the office. But the office has gone undergone this big like renaissance uh, during the pandemic, like so, and and with different generations. So like the American office is now being watched a ton by. Um, like 12 year olds and stuff um yeah who, so who anyway relate to life in, a, in an office yeah the one that i thought was interesting was i was listening to an interview with uh rich summer uh, also by the way a former upright citizens brigade uh, performer who mm-hmm. i uh i think i coached his team a few times he's a Ooh. great actor mm. he has kind of a bit part on the office it was actually supposed to be a bigger part of this one season where he pam goes to art school and he's there with her and he has All some right. scenes with her um and he's seriously on maybe like I'm speaking parts, probably like four episodes out of the one season of the nine seasons. He also is a, like essentially a main character on Mad Men, which was on for like 10 years. But he's like basically my people coming up to me on the street and talking to me. It's like half and half between my four episodes on The Office and my like 100 episodes of Mad Men <laughs> as a main character, because like they're just people are just so into it and yeah. you know that's yeah, the way just people, and i think resonates. i mean i i've not seen mad men i need to watch it but i feel like there's two that rewatchability thing right like i'll probably i would sit yeah. down and rewatch episodes of the office i probably will less likely to sit down and rewatch 
Um, I would I, think so. I, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but it would be my guess was you know, yeah. It's rare to have an hour drama like that, like the to be rewatchable like The West Wing. Like I'll rewatch The West Wing, but that's that's very rare. Most hour long shows, it's like eh. I would say ER it. is another one of the I have rewatched. Yeah, ER. yeah although I, not I, all I, of it because it's like thirty seasons, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. John, we've ranked eighty episodes of Doctor Who. It's pretty. It's quite an accomplishment. Let's let's rest on our laurels. For yeah, a moment. and and basically, right. <laughs> we've ranked eighty, and we're here to tell you we're calling it a day. So <laughs> we feel like you get the gist. You could probably fill in the rest. You know what we like. Yeah. No, we're gonna rank all of them, and I'm gonna going. go first. I'm okay. gonna tell you where Midnight should be ranked, and then you'll tell me your <laughs> dumb idea about yeah. where it is. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna put this. Uh, I like I. I liked it. Like, again, we talked about the failings of it, but I, I enjoyed watching it, um, but certainly didn't get up into the upper echelon. So it's kind of like kind of the top of the middle for me. Um, so I had it below. Um, I have it 20, 23. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. below the hand of fear, just mm-hmm. above mm-hmm. Utopia and Partners mm-hmm. in Crime and Modern Undead. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of I, I, I liked it. Uh, but but missing some kind of things from uh, putting up a much higher than that curse of Peldon didn't really enjoy this um it's not <laughs> certainly at the very bottom but it's nearer to the bottom um i had it just above silver nemesis which oh, is okay. uh, not great for me yeah. i put uh yeah. just below doctor who and the solarians um okay. but yeah. yeah it's kind of yeah silver nemesis terror the vervoids evil the daleks it's kind of uh it's f- 59 is, is the number yeah. of where lingering, it is right now but lingering the bottom third yeah yeah mm-hmm. bo- bottom of the middle top of the bottom somewhere around there so yeah. um yeah. yeah neither of these made a huge impression on me but i kind of ended up liking midnight a little more than that yeah. first that's, fair. that's fair um I got the opposite. I think actually, so I okay. am. I put, I put midnight quite low. I have it at number fifty one. For whatever reason, just as I was trying to figure yeah. out where to put it, I flashed in my head as, as uh, I parallels to Black Orchid in the sense of like not a lot happens. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a very fair. very quick story, um, but but executed well. And um, which again, you know, I like it's like Black Orchid is kind of a dumb story, but I like it just because I, I it just comes off well uh, for me for whatever. So Midnight kind of in that same boat. So I've got that down. Yeah, number fifty one, kind of in the lower section. Um, fine episode, nothing nothing particularly wrong with it, but it just didn't quite click for me. Um, and as we talked about, it's not quite. Doctor Who in the same way, which sometimes is good, I suppose, but not in this case. No, uh, um, I've got then uh, the Curse of Peladon in my curse section. I've got that at number 15, just below the Curse of Fenric. Uh, we're just going to bunch sure, them sure, by names sure. at this point. Um, uh, no, I, I, again, I think this is a bit of a, there's just a fondness in my heart for this one. It is to me, interesting, actually, the parallel or the, the contrast, right? I mean, you know, whereas Midnight, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know if that's Doctor Who. This is quintessential Doctor Who to me, like rubber mm. monsters arguing politics in, <laughs> in simple sense. That's, uh, you know, uh, but but in a way that I don't know, I, I find it compelling. I do. I, I have a soft spot for the Ice Warriors. I do like them. Um, I think it's nice to see third Doctor and Joe having fun. Also being, you know, we didn't talk about this, but this is a, one of the rare moments early on. This is when he was still sort of exiled to Earth. He's trying to get the TARDIS working. And, uh, and I think at one point, maybe in the next story or whatever, they reference like, oh, wait, you went to Peladon. How'd that happen? He's like, I think the Time Lords just sent me there. Like, I think that yeah, was, right. they needed me for something. Uh, so there's a bit of a reference to that, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a, um, yeah, for, it's just a nostalgia. Yeah. It, like I said, this is quintessential. And I think this always happens to me, right? I get, I, it always bumps up a few places for just being quintessential Saturday afternoon, Doctor Who. Like this is, you know, if, you know, you yes, remember this watching this on PBS. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't like the, you know, if someone said, show me the greatest Doctor Who stories ever, I wouldn't go for this. But if someone said, I've, I'm only ever watched the show once, show me a, a typical Doctor Who episode. This would be the one I'd go for. Like, <laughs> this sums that. it yeah. up, like, right here. It's all just kind of here. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Well, yeah. when uh, we ranked, like you said, we ranked these very differently. Um, and what that ended up is canceling each other out. So we literally ranked them the exact same when our rankings are combined. <laughs> They're both ranked 36 oh, out, of, right. out of 82. That was um, interesting. Literally tied Science. Uh, just around the hand of fear and Legopolis is yeah, right, right where they are. Right, so. At the there end of the day, that works out. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, you can go see these rankings and how they all work out on mimeprobe.show. Uh, yeah, there's the rankings, there. there's the watch order. John Wright writes great notes with these Maybe, with lots occasionally. of links okay. occasionally. Yeah. Eventually, let's say eventually. Yeah, take it up there. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to skim back through them. 
great notes and you can follow along you can follow us on uh facebook if you look us up yeah. there and you can uh go give us a rating on on itunes give us five stars and there's a lot of things you could be doing right now than just sitting there staring at the wall listening to this conclusion which you've heard a thousand times before you could be doing something else you could be ranking you could be playing with it but you're not but you're but not right. no you're just no there watching your dog take a crap or whatever it is you're doing when you listen to this yeah. thing you're you know what your obsession with yeah. the just let the dog crap he's gonna crap you don't <laughs> yeah. need to watch you him need to watch it in fact it's probably uncomfortable for the dog so yeah that's why he has a look in his and face take a moment and rate the podcast on on whatever your your podcast your podcast vessel of choice is your your chalice yeah. of podcasts that you receive the podcast you via. get get yeah. your yeah get out your your eye chalice and go to yeah. the vessel store and download that download your yeah. podcast vessel yeah yeah um and and you can reach out to us you can email us at john at my dot show yep. or porter at my dot show you can we reach me on, on twitter occasion. we check it usually when we mention it on the show that's right. Yes, we can check it right now, yeah. and nothing yeah, new. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Porter Mason. You can support me and my comics on Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Very funny, folks. Porter They're Mason. Very funny. If you like cute little animal comics, well, I got a million of them. Well, I got about 150 of them. Yeah. So it, but it's uh, about, it's a band too that does no cute animals in it. But the yes, band's funny there's too. there's also if you like music about folks. bands. Yeah. Um, John, what uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> you, you just want to plug watching ER? Like, I, I, I wrote a book on privacy about ten years ago. If you want to go to O'Reilly and pick up Architecture of Privacy, that's yeah, a, sure, yeah, pick yeah, it up. It, it's that the sales suddenly skyrocket, which doesn't take much for an O'Reilly book. So if they Summertime suddenly skyrocket podcast, I mean, like, all right, awesome. And you learn about privacy. So, and, and one day I'm going to write another book about ethics. So hang in, hang in there. I haven't started it or even outlined it, so it could be a while, but. Um, just keep hitting refresh on Amazon until you see it. Uh, um, in the meantime, yeah. what uh, what what are we going to watch next uh, next episode? Yeah, next episode, next one was it is so we're we're rocketing into the season finale, and we certainly are about to. So it's the last three episodes coming up. This one is the sort of um, uh, it, it's definitely the setup to the season finale. A lot of important things happen in here. We got a big return. It is the Doctor Light episode with uh, featuring Donna. A big return, uh, uh, and so uh, we have it's turn left, um, and it's a it's particularly it's, it's a very dark episode. It's very good. It's very dark, uh, and it was very hard to come up with a pairing. Uh, it was a uh, really honestly yeah. nothing quite like it uh, in sort of the annals of Doctor Who. Um, so it was it was a lot to so uh, it, it does sort of focus on a parallel world, um, and so uh, I thought it'd be amusing to pair it with. A parallel Doctor Who. Uh, this is Doctor <laughs> Who movie from the 1960s, starring Peter Cushing uh, as sort of an alternate first Doctor. Um, he's not actually a Time Lord; he's a human inventor who's invented a TARDIS. Uh, and uh, it also features interesting Bernard Crimmins. Um, is uh, so Wilf, uh, who shows up in Turn Left as Doctor as Donna's grandfather, is also one of the companions in the movie. And it is basically a a movie version of the Daleks invasion of Earth that we watched earlier uh, this season. So you'll get to see sort of the parallels. Um, uh, it's it's entertaining. Their classics already knows them. They are. This is available on BritBox. Um, so yeah, so we're doing a parallel Doctor Who world. Um, we're a completely different Doctor that we've we've never encountered before. Um, and uh, and then yes, and then we're headed now. I'm just gonna heads up to anybody who's watching along with us, and heads up to you. Um, yeah. If you uh, when you go to watch the episode after Turn Left, which is called The Stolen Earth. Um, yes. Budget time to watch the next episode of me. There's a cliffhanger at the end of it. You're going to want to watch the next episode right away. So do not okay. leave time. You make sure you leave time to watch all of it. You may even, after watching Turn Left, you may want to head straight into the... I mean, you, you may want to just have a little binge uh, at some point because uh, these are these are great episodes and they do all sort of pile onto each other. Um, and then, yes, the, the insanity that is the season finale of Soul on Earth is, is a sight to behold, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, my initial there. reaction is don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want. But <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. sure. All right. I'll, I'll make time. Just to take my advice on that one. Yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to it just as I look forward to this every week. Two weeks, Two however weeks. many weeks. John, here's to Doctor Who mm -hmm. and here's to the future. Here it is. Is if you know, we, we were there's also a movie. This is actually the second movie 
first movie, the Doctor Who and the Daleks, they don't really necessarily go on directly from each other. But then is Peter Cushing on that too? Yeah, Peter Cushing on that one too. And it's the same movie. idea. He's a human doctor. Yeah, human adventure, and then they sort of go and have the same adventure. It was a, it was, it was. Yeah, it seems a strange lot. change to make because people would have known the show. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody just had the, somebody just bought the rights to these movies and was like, okay, maybe yeah, it'd be like you suddenly. Be like, yeah, suddenly we were just having that let's be TV show big watching now. Like, they just suddenly also made a Game of Thrones movie with a completely different cast and premise. Yeah. <laughs> they are making a Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> 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 like, Lord of the Rings is okay. I just was like, I don't know how many versions of it we need. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. yeah I love the Lord of the Rings, but I, the movies, the Peter Jackson movies were great. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're still um, good. There's other things. Like, yeah. like for example, uh, Apple is coming out with a Foundation series. I'm very excited Ooh, about it. I was going to read those. That's the Asmob, right? Yeah, yes. This is a very good class. They also have Schmigadoon or something, which I kind of want to see. <laughs> yeah, that looks really series. funny. Is it a series or a movie? Series. It seems like, uh, like a limited series. Yeah, okay. They're all trapped in a musical, which we used to really have a sketch about. Remember, we had an idea of, like, like where you're trapped in a musical like mm, dancing yes, in your yes. car while you're trying to get to work <laughs> yes. well then you should sue yeah. alright that's it alright so good uh, uh, hey this is, this is our notice uh, our formal public notice for suing it's like publishing a newspaper mindprobe.show